Morning, Leonard. Good morning, everybody. On a lovely uh, Monday morning. Good morning to you all, DK Lush and Greg and Doug Boyle and George and uh, and Kevin. Nice to have you all in the uh, chat room this morning. And welcome aboard, everybody. I got to keep it low. We're at the in-laws' house. We're visiting mom in Seattle. And uh, we'll be here for a couple of days, and then we make the big decision. Uh, do we continue forward, or do we cut it short at two months on the road? <laughs> okay. Uh, it's cutting it short at two months. Don't forget, we took a three-week tri trip not that long ago as well. And uh, for those of you who are asking and wondering, uh, about a week, about uh, two weeks ago, okay, Andy wakes up on a Saturday morning, and uh, discovers she has a mild case of Bell's palsy. If you've ever heard of that, it sounds uh, terrible. It is not great, but it's not um, nearly as bad as it sounds. Uh, however, uh, we will take to this. That's why if you've seen Facebook, you've seen all the weird pictures with the doctors and stuff. Yeah, she has a mild case of Bell's palsy. Uh, it's It'll be. It uh, will go away. But uh, until it does, it's a um, little bit of an inconvenience, enough to bring us home for a little while, and uh, we may continue our trip at a later date. We'll see, okay? So uh, with that being said, we thank you all for your uh, wishes. For those of you who uh, figured out something was wrong, we've gotten quite a few well wishes and much appreciated by everybody. So that's the story there. And uh, we're starting on the draft guide the next couple of days. So if anybody would like to participate on a serious way with the new draft guide, just contact uh, me at LennyMeldick at gmail.com, and we'll try to uh, get you accommodated, okay? No guarantees, because Andy puts her head down, goes through the walls, and uh, even with Bell's palsy, she knocks the walls down. Okay, a little football. The New England Patriots are now 8-0, and they have, they have led for the entire second half in every single game. <laughs> That's uh, just when you think their time is up. They just keep moving along. They're, they happen to be the second team in the history of the National Football League to lead for the entire second half in each of their first eight games of the season. Uh, in 1961, the San Diego Chargers were the other team that did it. Yes, please, more coffee. Now, here's the craziest stat of all. After eight games, the New England Patriots defense has scored four touchdowns this season. That's pretty freaking good, right? But the New England Patriots defense has allowed three touchdowns this season. So the defense has scored four. The defense has allowed only three. That is pretty awesome. Uh, you know, look, even though this is a baseball podcast, that's the kind of stuff you put in a baseball podcast. That's football. Yeah, Ralph Kiner had Bell's palsy. Uh, we know uh, Malpal is here. Yes, he did. Uh, anyway, whatever it is, I'm not going to steal your stuff for tonight. George is coming on tonight. Even if I steal it, it sounds better coming from George. Yeah, so how about that for the New England Patriots? Some interesting stuff. Uh, Tevin Coleman, the first uh, player for San Francisco. Stop it. Uh, the first San Francisco player with three or more touchdowns in the first half of a game 
And who was the last San Francisco player to do that? Three or more touchdowns in the first half of a game. Okay? He also, uh, one of the two players to score four touchdowns in a game since the merger, and the same player uh, did that. Okay? So who was that player who scored three touchdowns in the first half and four touchdowns in a game? Okay? Andrea guessed it right. As she looks over my shoulder. Also, Tevin Coleman, the first player since Todd Gurley. And if you remember, back in uh, 2017, week 15, he's the first player since Todd Gurley to have three rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown uh, in any game. Now, prior to Gurley, no one had done that since 2010. And who was the player who did it in 2010? Little football Jew, you shut your mouth and keep your <laughs> pants on for crying out. All right. Who is the player to score um, three rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown in a game in 2010? Let's see if you get that one, okay? By the way, the only player to score three or more touchdowns in the first half of a game was uh, for the 49ers, Jerry Rice. He also scored four touchdowns in a game. It's all about Jerry Rice, okay? Uh, uh, okay, Tomlinson, that was a nice guess, but uh, no, I would have guessed Tomlinson too. Uh, so there you go. Darren McFadden was the player, okay? Darren McFadden. So uh, Coleman is the first 49 to play with two rushing touchdowns and one receiving touchdowns in the same game. Roger Craig did it uh, in 1988. Roger Craig, the outstanding running back, not the pitcher for the Mets. It was Grant Aaron Jones. Jordan Howard. Yeah, I skipped that. I skipped that, okay? I skipped that. Aaron Jones rushed for four touchdowns and had 159 receiving yards. The first player in the NFL to have four more touchdowns in a game, 150 receiving yards. In the same season. So how about that? And Tyrell Williams has um, has received five touchdowns in five, in five straight games. Tied for the third longest streak in Raiders history. He's one away from the record held by Mervyn Fernandez and Warren Wells. It's also the longest streak in the NFL. And with the uh, Seattle win over Atlanta, and I watched a little bit of that game. They were winning, what, 24 nothing. In the oh hi there mom, good morning. Good morning. Uh, after uh, with Seattle's win over Atlanta, they were winning twenty four nothing. They didn't do anything in the second half, but hold on, Russell Williams, Russell um, Wilson, uh, broke a tie with Peyton Manning and Ben Roethlisberger for the most wins by a quarterback in their first eight NFL seasons. And as a Giant and Jet fan, I'm trying. The only thing I have to report about for uh, the Giants is that Daniel Jones now has 13 turnovers, and that is currently the most in the National Football League. Okay, welcome aboard, everybody. Nice to have that guy here. Greg, D.K. Loosh, Doug Boyle, George, Mal Pal, um, Kevin Hastings, I love you. And that guy, love you all. Good morning to you all. Uh, Husker, Roger the Dodger Craig, okay? Uh, George thinks they're the same person. Uh, could well, yeah, different sports could be the same people. 
Moving right along. Let's get to baseball now. That's what you came here for. The Astros are the first team since 2001 to lose the first two games of the World Series and then win the next two. And now they've won the next three, and they're going to win the next four. The Astros are also the first team ever to allow one run or fewer in three straight games in a single World Series. And with all three coming on the road. No team. There has not been any team that has ever won four road games in a single World Series. And that's the task that the Nationals must face. Okay? In order for them to win, they've got to win four road games in a single World Series. The Astros went into Washington and won their three games by scores of what? Four to one, eight to one, seven to one. First team ever to win their first three road games of a World Series by three or more runs. So the Astros just doing it all. And this has been a very, I'll call it dramatic World Series. The only time that Washington lost three straight home games to the same opponent for the whole year was to the Cardinals back at the end of April and beginning of May. That's the only time that the Nationals have lost three straight home games to the same opponent. And then it happens in the World Series. And you know what you call it? You call it, that's baseball, right? Roger Craig was 15-46 and 46 for the Mets. And he, was con- and he was considered their ace. Roger Craig, Methical is here. Good morning to Methical. Thanks for <laughs> taking the, the prompt. Nice to see Methical in the chat room. Now, here's what Roger Craig said when he lost. I think he lost 20 games in a season. In order to lose 20 games, you've got to be a terrific pitcher. I mean, if you're losing 16, 17, 18 games, and your team is still starting you on a regular basis, if you pitch in enough games to lose 20, you've got to be pitching pretty good. Otherwise, certainly, somebody else will get a chance to take your spot. So think about that. In order to lose 20 games, you have to be a good pitcher. Doesn't make any sense, right? It's like my alarm clock puts me to sleep. It doesn't wake me up. And that's the truth, but we'll get into that at another time, okay? Uh, This is the fifth time that the road team has won the first four games of a World Series. Now, the other times, 1996, 1986, 1923, and 1906, all right? And only uh, twice has the road team won the first five games. But overall, road teams have won six straight World Series games for the first time since 1949-1950 World Series. Six straight also happened two other times, but road teams have never won seven straight World Series games spanning seasons. And I'll tell you what, when it was 2-2, two to two, it was <laughs> each team had won two games and each team had 19 runs scored. Uh, pretty even. Garrett Cole, okay, allowed four or more runs in only three starts since May 22nd, okay? And uh, with 47 strikeouts for Garrett Cole during this postseason, that ties him for the second most in single postseason all time. The only pitcher with more strikeouts in a single postseason all time was who? 
What pitcher? Most strikeouts in a single season, single postseason all time. Can you name that pitcher? Juan Soto has three extra base hits against Garrett Cole in this World Series. Only one player had three extra base hits against Cole all year. So we got two great trivia questions. With the 47 strikeouts from Garrett Cole this postseason, that ties him for second in the most single postseason strikeouts all time. Who was the only pitcher with more, and it happened in 2001. And then Juan Soto has three extra base hits against Garrett Cole in this World Series. Only one player had three extra base hits against Garrett Cole all year. He had 12 plate appearances. Who was that other player? Anybody want to take a shot at that? Okay. George says, Kevin says, they got it. Kurt Schilling with the most postseason strikeouts. Way to go. Can't get it by this chat room. That's for damn freaking sure. Kurt Schilling does it. How about that? And, of course, uh, the answer to the uh, the other question, who had the... Uh, uh, only one player had three extra base hits against Garrett Cole all year. All year. He had 12 plate appearances against Cole. I mean, for Soto, he had six and had three extra base hits. But the player was Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo had three extra base hits against Garrett Cole. Now, with Soto's fourth home run this postseason, it ties him with Miguel Cabrera, for the most home runs in a single postseason by any player 21 years old or younger. And how about that one? 21. Soto uh, is going to be a star. I think Robles will be a star too. Soto and Robles. This is going to be the dream team outfield of the future in Major League Baseball. And I don't think that surprises anybody. Now, Alex Bregman had five RBIs the other night. That's the most by a third baseman in a single World Series game in the history of Major League Baseball. And Alex Bregman's first 14 games of the postseason. We had six RBIs in one night, five RBIs on that one swing. Four, I mean, unbelievable. Alex Bregman really coming alive, all right? And the Astros, by the way, are the first team to get home runs from two different catchers in a World Series since 1962, and on only Toledo will know, it was Tom Haller and Ed Bailey. Chirinos, Martin Maldonado hit home runs in this World Series. And Chirinos is the sixth player to hit home runs in back-to-back -back World Series games as a catcher. The other ones were Ted Simmons, Gene Tennis, the Oakland Athletic, Roy Campanella, Bill Dickey, Mickey Cochran, okay, how about that? If you didn't hear about this, Mickey Calloway has been named the Angels pitching coach. And uh, with a name like Mickey, he belongs in Disney World, right? Think about the marketing opportunities for Mickey, right? <laughs> Unbelievable. You think that played a role? The Angels hired Mickey. Need I say more? Uh, Josh Hader. And Aroldis Chapman have been named the 2019 Relief Pitchers of the Year. Hader is eligible for salary arbitration. 
He'll get his first big payday this winter. Chapman will opt out of his contract and turn his two-year, $30 million deal to at least three years, $45 million. How about that? Now, who do you think should have won the um, relief pictures of the year? Kirby Yates? Will Smith? Uh, I don't know. Pagan? Green? I mean, who do you think, who in your opinion should, Hayter did not have a great year. Chapman was okay. Um, who do you think should have been named the 2019 relief pitchers of the year? Derek Cole, and by the way, you know the stack. Derek Cole and Justin Verlander had not taken a loss in consecutive games all year. And it happened after the Astros' 175th game of the season. And hitting with runners in scoring position in the World Series, the first two games, the Astros were 3 for 17. And the last two games, they were, um, I mean, games 3 and 4, 9 for 23. Nats was 7 for 21 in the first two, and 1 for 19 in games 3 and 4. And Bregman, with another postseason home run off another All-Star, Rod- Fernando Rodney, who's the third time, a three-time All-Star. Here are the players he's homered off in postseason. Fernando Rodney, Stephen Strasburg, Chris Sale, Clayton Kershaw. Are you listening to these names? Blake Turner, uh, Blake Schnell, uh, Mark Schnell, uh, Trevor Bauer, Kenley Jansen, and Corey Kluber. Bregman, the real deal. And the first American League player with a five RBI game in the World Ser- Series since 2009. Who was the last American League player with five RBIs in a game in a World Series? Until Bregman did it. Okay? And of course, with Bregman, uh, second Grand Slam in Astros postseason history. Anybody want to take a shot at who hit the first Grand Slam? So the two new questions. Astros Alex Bregman, second Grand Slam in Astros postseason history. Who hit the first Grand Slam in Astros postseason history? Bregman, first American to play with five RBIs in a game in the World Series since 2009. And who was that player? The questions, the answers, it wasn't Mark Teixeira. And it wasn't Ian Snell. That's right. And John Garofalo is here, and Johnny has done a great job. A great job. John, if you don't have sound, somebody help John get some sound, okay? Uh, Go up to the top and hit the button. Up to the top and hit the button. And uh, John did a great job. Donkey Yoki has joined us. Uh, Zelmo has joined us. Good morning to you all. Now, John did a great job of hooking us up with uh, his uh, his buddy, who happened to be a, a fantastic physician, a doctor, really helped the whole situation out with Andy. If you missed it early on, Andy has, uh, uh, he just got it. All right, great, great to visit with John and his family. Uh, it was wonderful, and John really did us well by a number of things, but um, uh, Andy has a... a, a a mild case, but a mild case, you know, is only because you don't have it. Uh, a mild case of Bell's palsy. Um, and, you know, she's very self-conscious about it. But uh, uh, this doctor that John hooked us up with absolutely was a godsend. And we thank you, John. 
And we're making our decision. We're here with Mom at Mom's house. And uh, there's more to the story about Mom that I'll tell you if you want to know. All right, but we'll see. Okay, <laughs> we'll see. Okay, anyway, back to the action. Uh, Lance Berkman hit the home run, hit the first Grand Slam home run in the Astros postseason history. And the last time an American League player had five RBIs was 2009. It was Hideki Scratch My Back Mitsui. Okay? And according to Elias Sports, only one pitcher in the League Championship Series since 1969 had his first career postseason start be with a scoreless, a scoreless one in the World Series. John Lester did it. Remember Game 4 in 2007? And uh, I got to tell you, Jose Urguti, whatever his name is, Urguti, the fourth rookie in the last 30 years to throw a scoreless start in the World Series. And he joined, who was the only other Mexican starter to win a World Series game? The only other Mexican starter to win a World Series game. Anybody want to tackle that? The Nationals had trailed only a total of 12 innings during an eight-game postseason winning streak, and then they went on to have uh, to trail in over 12 consecutive innings against the Astros. Okay, uh, the, Nash, the the Nats' fourth team in the divisional era that was 1969 to use five or more starters in a World Series. The Phillies did it. The Reds did it. The Pirates did it. It's extremely rare for any team to use five starters in the World Series. The last team to do it was 1980. The Phillies with Bob Walk, Steve Carlton, Dick Ruthven, Larry Christensen, Marty Bystrom. You don't see it, but this is not your normal World Series. And Altuve has now reached base safely 25 straight postseason games. And that's tied for the third longest streak. Pablo Sandoval. I wouldn't even ask this as a trivia question. That's tied the third longest such streak with Pablo Sandoval and Boog Powell. The only streaks longer, Miguel Cabrera with 31 games, reaching safely, and Chase Utley with 27. So how about that? And then, of course, Juan Soto, Hermit earlier, uh, 20, and then 22-year-old Jordan Alvarez homered, the only other World Series where two players under the age 23 both homered at least once. You had 1934, Ducky, Wucky, Medwick, and Bill Delancey. How about that? It's the first time in the history of the uh, World Series that multiple players, 22 or younger, hit a home run, Alvarez and Soto. And George Springer and Carlos Correa now have homered in the same postseason game seven times. That's the most by any any pair of teammates. And Correa's 48th career postseason game, the only player with more postseason games played before age 26, who was the only other player, the only player, before age 26, who played more postseason games than Carlos Correa. Okay? And Correa hit his third career home run in the World Series, tying Derek Jeter for the most home runs in the World Series by a shortstop in Major League Baseball history. So who was the only player who has played more games before turning 26? 
than Carlos Correa. Uh, can't uh, Fernando Valenzuela? That's, there you go. He was the guy who's uh, the only other Mexican to win in the World Series. And to Greg and to DK Lucian, the Donkey Oki and Doug Boyle, and to George and to John and to Mal Palin, Methical and KC Royals, Kevin Hastings, and that guy and Zelmo, love you all. And I thank you so much for being here. Okay, and um, let's keep it going. Tonight, uh, not tonight, the other night, Carlos Correa's third multi-RBI game tied him with uh, Pee Wee Reese and Honus Wagner for the most by a shortstop in the World Series. And at 22 years old, Jordan Alvarez is the youngest American League player uh, with a World Series home run since 1957. Tony Kubek hit two World Series home runs in Game 3. He was 21 years old. 21. The player who turned, who played the most uh, postseason games before turning age 26, he was a National League player. He was a National League player. It was Andrew Jones. <laughs> George loved Horace Wagner play. For me, it was Napoli Joey, all right, uh, that I loved watching play. And Christie. I love Christie. Uh, moving right along. Uh, yeah, Alvarez is also. Now, his home run that he hit uh, drove in Yuli Gurriel. And that's the first time in the history of Major League postseason history a Cuban-born player has homered in another Cuban-born player. And they just keep getting it gets better and better. And Alvarez, the youngest Cuban-born player to hit a home run in the World Series. Prior to him, it was Jose Canseco. How about that one? And then just to show you what goes on in the World Series, Joe Ross's fifth pitch tonight, that was the second pitch, uh, George Springer fouled off, was at 96.4 miles per hour. And that was the second fastest pitch of the entire season. Unbelievable. How these pitchers, you don't think these players get pumped up for the World Series? Bull Dinky and Poppycock. So that's it. The Astros plus 16 run differential on the road is uh, tied for the fourth highest in a single World Series. The best uh, run differential on the road in a single World Series. The Yankees were plus 22. So uh, there you go. Three runs in a three-game span from the Nationals. The fewest runs in a three-game span during this regular season was four. And they just choked up with three. That four was in early May, by the way. And with the Astros' three home runs uh, the other night, there have now been 11 home runs by the road team in this World Series. The most by any World Series team of all time. And I don't have to tell you, this series is not over yet. Uh, nothing is over yet. Our trip may be over. As we got to make a decision today, or in the next couple of days, coming up with uh, Andrea, uh, you know, mild case of Bell's palsy. That's why, if you're looking on Facebook, you see her look like, uh, um, you know, <laughs> unless she's always 
you know, loaded anyway. But uh, no, she's got a mild case of Bell's palsy. We thank you for asking so many questions. So uh, she wanted everybody to know exactly what was going on. And uh, it's a mild case. We expect a full recovery. But in order to do it, we are thinking uh, that maybe we cut the trip a little short. We were supposed to keep going, but we may wind up cutting it short and heading home. And who's to say that a two-month span on the road is cutting it short? Last time I cut anything short was at my bris, but that's the story there. Yep, that's the story there. A sincere thank you, and I'm not kidding you. I really love you guys all, Greg and D.K. Lush and Donkey and Doug. George and John, who did such a wonderful job of hooking us up with his doctor friend. Thank you, Johnny. Mal Pal, Methical, Kevin Hastings, that guy, and Zelmo. We'll be back again tomorrow. You know, we're here in Seattle, so if you're in the area, stop in. Okay? I'm not kidding. If you're in the area listening on YouTunes, iTunes, Looney Tunes, or whatever tunes you got, cartoons, send me an email, Lenny Melnick at uh, gmail.com, and we'll hook you up. If we do leave, it won't be till the end of the week. And Mal Pal, you are absolutely right. Okay? Absolutely right. And let me tell you, she don't want to go home. And that says a lot. I mean, this girl has got the... Uh, and she may have the guts. I don't know if she got the brains, but uh, she does. And she just doesn't want to cut the trip short because she wants to give a hug to the people that have helped her start a new career. Thanks, everybody. I love you all, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Don't forget, by the way, George coming up next. Uh, I think Arnie will be here at uh, 10 o'clock. Aloha Fantasy Baseball at 2. If I'm reading the right schedule, I don't even know if I'm reading the right schedule. Let me just check it out here. 23. I don't even know what today's date is. Today's the 28th, I believe. And yes, we got Arnie at 10. We've got Aloha at uh, uh, 2. Are you still doing the show at 2? Rota Wimbissels tonight at 6.30 with George. So uh, hang in there, everybody. It's only just begun. We're doing a great job here, and it's only getting better. Love you all.